0: Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Tuesday, July 12th. We're on day 193 of our journey through the New Living Translation. My name is Bill, and today we're going to continue in the book of Isaiah. We're going to read chapters 11, 12, 13, and 14 in Isaiah. And then we're going to finish off today's reading with Hebrews chapter 9. So, without further ado, Isaiah chapter 11. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord, he will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt, and truth like an undergarment. In that day the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to bring back the remnant of his people, those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia and Elam, in Babylonia, Hamath, and all the distant coastlands." He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. Then at last the jealousy between Israel and Judah will end. They will not be rivals anymore. They will join forces to swoop down on Philistia to the west. Together they will attack and plunder the nations to the east. They will occupy the lands of Edom and Moab and Ammon will obey them. The Lord will make a dry path through the gulf of the Red Sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River, sending a mighty wind to divide it into seven streams so it can be easily crossed on foot. He will make a highway for the remnant of his people, the remnant coming from Assyria, just as he did for Israel long ago when they returned from Egypt. Isaiah chapter 12. In that day you will sing, I will praise you, O Lord. You were angry with me, but not anymore. Now you comfort me. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In that wonderful day you will sing, thank the Lord, praise his name. Tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. Sing to the Lord, for he has done wonderful things. Make known his praise around the world. Let all the people of Jerusalem shout his praise with joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among you. Isaiah, chapter 13. Isaiah, son of Amos received this message concerning the destruction of Babylon. Raise a sing- signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. Wave your hand to encourage them as they march into the palaces of the high and mighty. I, the Lord, have dedicated these soldiers for this task. Yes, I have called mighty warriors to express my anger, and they will rejoice when I am exalted. Hear the noise on the mountains. Listen as the vast armies march. It is the noise and shouting of many nations. The Lord of heaven's armies has called this army together. They come from distant countries, from beyond the farthest horizons. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out his anger. With them he will destroy the whole land. Scream in terror, for the day of the Lord has arrived, the time for the Almighty to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear, every heart melts, and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them, like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another, their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate, and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them, the stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people scarcer than gold, more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. For I will shake the heavens. The earth will move from its place when the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger. Everyone in Babylon will run about like a hunted gazelle, like sheep without a shepherd. They will try to find their own people and flee to their own land. Anyone who is captured will be cut down, run through with a sword. Their little children will be dashed to death before their eyes. Their homes will be sacked and their wives will be raped. Look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon. They cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. The attacking armies will shoot down the young men with arrows. They will have no mercy on helpless babies and will show no compassion for children. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah. When God destroyed them, Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomads will refuse to camp there and shepherds will not bed down their sheep. Desert animals will move into the ruined city, and the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Owls will live among the ruins, and wild goats will go there to dance. Hyenas will howl in its fortresses, and jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. Sorry about that disturbance. My radio was on here at work. Isaiah chapter 14. But the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. He will choose Israel as his special people once again. He will bring them back to settle once again in their own land. And people from many different nations will come and join them there and unite with the people of Israel. The nations of the world will help the people of Israel to return. And those who come to live in the Lord's land will serve them. Those who captured Israel will themselves be captured, and Israel will rule over its enemies. In that wonderful day when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear, from slavery and chains, you will taunt the king of Babylon. You will say, the mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence is ended. For the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally, the earth is at rest and quiet. Now it can sing again. Even the trees of the forest, the cypress trees, and the cedars of Lebanon sing out this joyous song. Since you have been cut down, no one will come now to cut us down. In the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. The spirits of world leaders and mighty kings long dead stand up to see you. With one voice they all cry out, now you are as weak as we are, your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace has ceased, now maggots are your sheet and worms your blanket. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, sun of the morning! You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world, For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb. But you will be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch, like a corpse trampled underfoot. You will be dumped into a mass grave with those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial. For you have destroyed your nation and slaughtered your people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive honor. Kill this man's children. Let them die because of their father's sins. They must not rise and conquer the earth, filling the world with their cities. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. I myself have risen against Babylon. I will destroy its children and its children's children, says the Lord. I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with the broom of destruction. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. The Lord of heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. I will break the Assyrians when they are in Israel. I will trample them on my mountains. My people will no longer be their slaves nor bow down under their heavy loads. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all the nations. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? This message came to me the year King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, you Philistines, that the rod that you stroke that struck you is broken, that the king who attacked you is dead, for from that snake a more poisonous snake will be born, a fiery serpent to destroy you. I will feed the poor in my pasture, the needy will lie down in peace, but as for you, I will wipe you out with famine and destroy the few who remain, Wail at the gates, weep in the cities, melt with fear, you Philistines. A powerful army comes like smoke from the north. Each soldier rushes forward, eager to fight. What should we tell the Philistine messengers? Tell them, the Lord has built Jerusalem. Its walls will give refuge to his oppressed people. Wow. You know, before we get into Hebrews chapter 9, I I just want to say that I, there there was a lot of disruptions with me while I was reading those last few chapters. And um, I, I really believe that a lot of what's being said in the book of Isaiah there in these chapters, in chapters 11 to 14, I think a lot of that is actually coming to fruition now in the world. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I think that that the enemy is definitely fighting to get this word, to keep from getting this word out there. But it's up to us saints to get this word out there, that the Lord is in control. Anyway, I will carry on now with Hebrews chapter 9. That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the Holy Place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the Most Holy Place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people, for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the most that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use." This is an illustration pointing to the present time, for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them, for that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established." So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls, the ashes of a, and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the the will cannot be put into effect." That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal if that had been necessary, Christ would have to would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Wow. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. And I pray, Lord, that whoever needs to hear this word that I struggled so hard to read today, Lord... I pray that whoever needs to hear it would hear it and would be penetrated by your word, Lord. That their souls would be penetrated by the words that needed to be read and spoken aloud today. Thank you for your word. And thank you again, my friends, for bearing with me today in Bible and a Year with Bill. Today was a struggle. Today was hard to read but we got through it. There were many interruptions, and I know with the the recording, I know that you can't hear most of those interruptions. I know that you hear some of them, but uh, for the most part, it was a struggle, and it took me quite a while to get through today's reading, and I thank you for bearing with me, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.